1: Joining the chorus of voices supporting the 31-year-old, WNBA star Brittany Griner asking the Biden administration to do everything possible to bring him home, saying every American who has taken his hours to fight for and every American returned is a win for us all. Also shining a light on his case, more than 36 global news organizations writing to Russia's ambassador to the U.S. saying Grishkovich is a journalist and not a spy.
0: Uh, That uh, report Uh, from Lama Hassan uh, talking about the uh, the interaction between the United States and Russia once again. Uh, Diplomatic uh, kidnapping is what some people are calling this. Uh, How will this one end? Uh, The Stephanie Griner situation that uh, was referenced there, of course, uh, went on for quite a long time. She actually did prison time uh, before uh, some sort of a swap and uh, release was arranged. Joining us to talk about this and the implications, uh, Elliot Tepper, emeritus Professor of Political Science at Carleton University. Uh, Good morning, Elliot. Thank you for joining us today.
1: Thank you. Good morning, Bill. (laughs)
0: <laughs> this is, uh, this is uh, I guess, the, the new way of, of I was going to say diplomacy, but lack of diplomacy, I guess. Uh, China does it. The Russians have done it a number of different times right now. Uh, charges of espionage, locking people up, uh, which is causing a huge diplomatic mess. Uh, but for the, the two principals involved in this, of course, uh, Anthony Blinken and his Russian counterpart, to actually have a phone call about this this early in this proceeding, uh, indicates just how how important this is and how dangerous this is.
1: Yes. Yes. Uh-huh. A small tidbit out of all the news we're receiving is that this is the first high-level contact the two of them have had, apart from a phone call earlier about the earlier uh, Breiner case you just were alluding to. The fact that the two top diplomats have not been in discussion during the time when Europe's at war because of Russia's illegal invasion of its neighboring peaceful state, that, I guess, is an interesting sidelight. But yes, what we're talking about now is clearly another arbitrary detention. Uh, we are certainly used to that because of the two Michaels. But it's uh, it's an ongoing case of how Russia, along with China, perhaps others, uh, Iran for sure, chooses to conduct their international relations. These are not normal states. These are kind of rogue states. But it- to what purpose?
0: And and I mean that answer may be obvious, but but you know is is this in response to something that the that the U.S. is perceived to have done? I mean the you know, Biden has played hardball with China and Russia since he took office, uh, and others have joined. I, I know we talked about this the other day too. This uh, recent visit to Ottawa, you got to know that if not you know publicly, but behind closed doors, there was a lot of talk about Canada's role in this whole situation, because it's it's getting to the point right now with both those countries, Elliot, where uh, you can't sit on the sidelines. You've got to take a side.
1: Well, much of the world actually has decided to not take sides. Southeast Asia, South Africa, and so forth. So there's um, the world is yet to be divided simply into democracies and autocracies, but of course the war has indeed rallied democracies around the world. I think in terms of what's going on here, I think it's more than one thing. First of all, Mr. Putin has shut down all kinds of, basically, uh, every form of independent reporting within Russia, except for the occasional foreign reporters. So this is another slap at investigative reporting uh, by any source. So he is really controlling the airwaves. Remember, this is a giant country, and it's a highly sophisticated country, and yet somehow they are able to shut down all the communication, except what the government wants you to know, Mr. Putin wants you to know about his special military operation, but it's also part of a uh, deliberate attack, I think, on on uh, an American citizen, so that another hostage exchange can now be set up. We, we just talked about um, the case of the tennis star. <laughs> it's already been signaled. This is just remarkable to me. Well, the Russians have said, "Well, we couldn't release uh, Mr. Whalen earlier because." along with the tennis star, because they're not of the same quality. He was arrested and put in jail for 16 years. He's been there for, since, uh, for several years now, already in prison. We couldn't release him at the same time. It's not of the same quality. So we have to know, basically, I think they're announcing, yes, we got a notorious arms dealer in exchange for a basketball star. That was even in their mind. Uh, but that's not good enough for espionage. For that, we need something higher. For example, the assassin that you have uh, that America has arrested. So this is a, an escalation of hostage exchange diplomacy by basically a rogue regime.
0: But you've got a, a, a reporter like Gershkovich here who, by the nature of his job, is, is going to do investigative reporting. I mean, that's what he does. That's That's his raison d'etre. Uh, and there was a time, Elliot, even in Russia, where the authorities would give them, you know, the, the room to do that with, you know, some rules and regulations, certainly, and you know, an awful lot of the stuff, of course, we got, got edited. But in this age of, of immediate communications and things of this nature, he's going to be asking questions and probing. I mean, is that any sort of a premise then for them to simply say, well, he's spying on us?
1: Yes. Well, I, that's what I was alluding to now is that Russia no longer will tolerate any kind of independent or autonomous investigations. They do not want press freedom in Russia. That's the bottom line message. The fact that, what was he investigating? Ah, the Wagner group. This, of course, is extremely sensitive because the Wagner group, as you know, you and I have been talking about, has been playing a key role in the uh, battle inside Ukraine. And there's all the splits between the various rival um, Senior elite factions in in Russia as to who's doing the fighting. Is it going to be the army? Is the a certain general? So the fact that he was investigating the Wagner Group might have been a factor in why he got arrested now.
0: So he's on a he's on a hit list then, as far as the government's concerned, because I believe Gershkovich was one of the first reporters uh, to uh, to tell us that uh, the Wagner Group was actually getting their recruits from prisons. They were basically going up and down. It's like, kind of like that old Dirty Dozen movie from uh, the 1960s. You know, the, these guys are condemned to die for murders or any other crimes. Well, instead of that, how would you like to come and serve your, your country? Uh, and and uh, the, clearly, exposing that sort of an attitude and that sort of a recruitment process uh, is not something the Russians would take lightly.
1: No, they don't want the news to get out. And the Wagner Group is particularly a sensitive topic for them because Prigozhin, the head of it, has been so publicly visible himself in terms of condemning the counterparts in the Russian military establishment, in terms of laying claims to be the leader, uh, the only successful leader in in Ukraine in terms of military. And yes, in terms of emptying the prisons out, (coughs) remember Russia was running out of people. They keep (coughs) sending people to the front and they keep being killed. The um, Wagner people went (coughs) to the prisons and said, we'll let you out. But uh, and you'll have freedom after six months if you survive, and here's a gun, go to the front. Uh, they also stationed their own people, the Wagner people, in behind them saying, anybody who doesn't continue to uh, advance, we're going to shoot. If you turn around, we'll kill you on the spot. I think they've had to stop recruiting from the prisons, but a key point that people uh, don't pay close attention to, you can't like, get people out of prisons without Mr. Putin saying, okay, that's, that, that's a... a legitimate form of recruitment. You can't just open prison doors to anybody who wanders in and says, how would you like to get out? So this is all all wrapped up in the uh, disastrous blunder that Mr. Putin has inflicted on Ukraine and all the tragedies that Ukraine has now suffered as a result of it.
0: What's the process here behind closed doors, back channeling here, Elliot? Uh, uh, is it is it, okay, is it, it's almost like trading sporting cards, and I don't mean to be trite about this, but, okay, who do you want for Whalen? Okay, who do you want for Gershkovich? Uh, you know, what can we offer you? Is, is that actual bidding going back and forth?
1: I suspect it is, although it's uh, one-sided. The U.S. is not going to wander around and randomly arrest Russians uh, in order to keep them in cold storage and, for a swap. The, a number of Russians have been arrested in the U.S. for, Activities not relating to their official role, that is for spying. Uh, and uh, as I mentioned, there's an assassin that uh, is apparently like Mr. Booth, the arms dealer, a particular favorite of Mr. Putin. So perhaps they want him out next. But what a way to do business. What does that tell you about, about uh, Russia today?
0: Well, it's hostage diplomacy, and you know they've seen China do it, or they've done it themselves. What are you talking about? We just mentioned about Greiner and others uh, in the past that have been in situations like this, uh, but without provocation. I mean, you know, Francis Gary Powers back in what it was 1960 or something, yes. but he, he was a, a U.S. pilot. And he, he was accused of flying over Russia and taking pictures, but th- these are just people that are there doing their jobs. And in China and in Russia, it, it kind of begs the question: Why would anybody go over there? I know. That, that oftentimes there are purposes, and and you know, God bless people like Gershkovich. They're over there, uh, basically putting their necks on the line be, to try to get information for us. But uh, the, the the pressure to 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 squelch that sort of uh, communication, that kind of journalism, is overwhelming.
1: Yes, we have to commend journalists around the world who are brave enough inside Russia, by the way, as well, uh, in particular. But around the world, journalists are playing the role they're intended to play at great personal cost. A number of journalists are murdered every year in a number of countries. Uh, There's a list kept which countries are the worst for journalists this year. For a while, Turkey was leading that list in terms of arrests of journalists. So journalism is a noble profession. It shines light into the darkness, It said, the truth to power. We rely on all of that, and we do have uh, really intrepid journalists who have gone in, as we know, to Afghanistan and to Iran, which is particularly hazardous for them. But in terms of Russia, any independent reporting inside Russia now is a threat to the to the Putin state, and it is a hazardous occupation. Kudos to those who go in, and we have to stand behind them.
0: Absolutely. Elliot, as always, appreciate your time today. Thanks so much.
1: Oh, well, you're very welcome, Bill.
0: Take care. Ellie Tipper from uh, Carleton University. <laughs>